step on up, sit down, twist off that bottle top, or crack open that can. And welcome to Porch Matters. This is Terry Cagle coming to you from my back porch. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. The name of this show is Authentic. On Porch Matters, our saying is this. Big issues or just a friendly conversation. No topic is off limits. We take pride in being able to talk about anything with each other in an open discussion. Open discussion is one of the only ways to learn. Your perspective could be changed. You could change the perspective of others. Friends and family, welcome to another episode of Porch Matters. I'm glad you're here. I hope everyone has had a really good couple of weeks. As I record this, happy Palm Sunday. Easter is next week. I'm sure a lot of you have already got that new suit or dress picked up and got that hair appointment made. I'm going to get those nails and toes done. Kids are looking forward to finding those prized eggs hid all over the place. Just remember the reason for the occasion. The death and the resurrection of our Savior Jesus Christ. I got some good news to report. The porch is getting some renovations and I have made a bit of an investment into getting some new equipment. Thanks to my cousin Derek and his son Hunter, which is a heck of a little ball player himself for coming over and helping me out yesterday. Trying to dress up the porch and turn it into a real studio. Hopefully soon, if the weather and my work schedule cooperates, you'll be able to not only hear, but see a difference. My little cousin Eli is now playing baseball. I've seen two ball games so far, and folks, let me tell you, if you are looking for some good quality entertainment, go down to the local ballpark and watch these five and six-year-old kids play baseball. <laughs> it is great. I have had a ball watching those kids. Porch Matters Food Review this episode is the Sapora Grill in Double Springs, Alabama. Me, Stacy, and Xander went there last night. I've posted pictures on social media. Stacy had grilled chicken with a side of broccoli. Xander had the fettuccine Alfredo. I also had the fettuccine Alfredo, but with blackened chicken. If you live within driving distance of Double Springs and are looking for good Italian food, this is the place to go. I love Sapporo Grill. It's the best Italian food I've ever had around here. Staff is friendly and don't let your cup stay empty long. Food comes out looking and tasting great. Sapporo Grill is definitely hashtag fatboy approved. If you stop by, tell them you heard about them on Porch Matters. Last episode... I ask you, would you rather work your dream job for low salary or work a job you hate for a high salary? Terry Sisko said, work my dream job for a low salary. Justin Heitch also said, dream job for low salary. Catherine Klingen, a.k.a. Punkin, said, I'm already working low salary, just not the dream job. <laughs> On Instagram... Hiller underscore custom underscore woodline said dream job. Doing it now. Neil is doing it. He made me a beautiful Porch Matters flag a few months ago. Thanks for that, Neil. I appreciate it still. JuicyJ71 said depends on the salary. Leaning towards job I love with low salary. And Lindsay Rowland for Congress said dream job. Big thanks to all of you who commented. I really appreciate it. 
New question this week is, would you rather work more hours per day but less days or work less hours per day but more days? My answer to this is let's get it over with. I would want to work more hours per day but less days so I could go and do what I wanted and possibly have a life or make more content for you. What say you? Please go to the Facebook page, Facebook group, Instagram, or Twitter and comment your answer. I can't wait to read them. Next episode, I'll read your comment on the show. On this episode, Mary Helmer Worth comes on the porch to talk about Main Street, Alabama, and all the good things this organization is doing to help revitalize cities and towns across Alabama. If you live in a city or a town that the downtown area has went down and needs help, get your local officials to listen to this. I'm serious. I really hope you enjoy the conversation. Without further ado, let's get started. Mary Helmer Worth, Main Street, Alabama. <laughs> Welcome to the porch, ma'am. How are you today? I am lovely. How are you? I'm doing all right. It's a nice, beautiful day here in Dilworth, Alabama. But other than technical difficulties, I, I can't complain too much. That is. Haven't we all learned how to roll with Zoom calls these days? I think we have. So <laughs> you, it's all good. You'd think by now I'd be an expert <laughs> on these things. But, you know, I, I still have technical issues from time to time. And it seems to be happening more so lately than others. And it's kind of embarrassing, to be honest with you. But <sighs> it's good. It's it is problem. what it is. Yeah, not a problem at all. How is your day today? It is good. I'm in in pack mode, as I as I said just before we started. I am, we're going to be in South Alabama this week doing a branding session for Atmore. So I'll be we start tomorrow morning bright and early, and I live in Madison, so it's a cruise. It's about a four hour drive to to Atmore. So I am not a morning person, so I just soon go tonight. <laughs> Instead of getting up at like three, don't want to do that. So I have to get up early in the morning for my job, but I, I'll be honest with you. I'm not a morning person either. I'm one of them that, <laughs> you know, I'm not really in a polite mood till at least nine or 10 o'clock. I get two cups of coffee. I'm usually good. So <laughs> I'm usually good to go. If you would just explain to the listeners what Main Street Alabama is and how you got affiliated with it. Okay. Well, Main Street is a 40-plus-year-old model for downtown and neighborhood commercial district revitalization. Originally, it was housed within the National Trust for Historic Preservation, but now it's an affiliate, so it's its own kind of it's its own private program. And then the coordinating programs, most every state has a coordinating program. We are the one for Alabama who we, we work with the, the national Main Street program. And then here in Alabama, uh, we designate cities through a competitive application process. We currently have 29. Uh, we are in the new city application process right now. So by June 1st, we'll be announcing three more. Uh, every year we bring on anywhere up to three. Every once in a while, I, I arm wrestle for four. Uh, it's a lot. It's a lot to bring on a new city. Um, this year we'll definitely have three because we just have so many applicants, but that, that is competitive. We have another level that's called network for cities just kind of tipping their toe in the main street water, trying to decide if this is a good model for them. 
And that's not competitive at all. You can be a network city at any time of the year. There's a real simple application. Basically, it's just, you know, who do we contact? You know, are you going to, do you have a group of people who want to do this? And it's a $500 fee. So it's a little bit of, little bit of skin in the game for help to get you where you want to go. I live about five, 10 minutes from Summerton, Alabama. Let's just, okay. use, let's just okay. use Summerton as an example here. It had at one point in time, a very vibrant main street area. Mm-hmm. You know, the main road went right through the middle of town. Yep. Then highway 78 was built. So everything kind of moved away from downtown and main street over to highway 78. And yes. now, and now that interstate 22 has came in, mm. let's use Summerton for an example here. How could main street help? Summerton. What what happened to Main Streets uh, to begin with, which is exactly what you were describing, is the federal highway system. You know, before that, we all kind of hung out in our 30, 40 mile radius because it really right. wasn't easy to get other places. No. Um, I grew up in, in the rural part of Kansas, and we pretty much stayed around Garnett. And sometimes we'd go to the big city of Ottawa. Uh, and if we're really feeling froggy, we'd go all the way to the capital to Topeka, which was about an hour and 10 minutes from my where I grew up, my hometown. And once the highway system went in, it was easier to jump, jump in a car and go places than all the development, because all the cars were there. That's where the development went. And it really hurt the more traditional downtowns. So that's what happened. What we do when we come into communities is we have a four-point approach is organization, getting everybody singing out of the same songbook, if we can. They don't always sing the same songbook, but if they can harmonize, that's lovely. But really having people understand this space, this place is important to us, and we want to do something with it. That's the first one. And that's the network piece that helps get people, do you want to do anything? Uh, The next one is design looking at the district from a design perspective. So that's pretty much anything visual. So how does it look? How are the buildings used? Are the buildings dilapidated? If they are dilapidated, what can we do to get them where they need to be? Um, Do you have an example I use all the time is if I get a cup of coffee at this corner and I'm walking through your district and there's no place to throw my coffee cup away, that's a problem. (laughs) So we need to think about, you know, all of those kinds of things. Is there places to rest? And, you know, it's hot in Alabama. Is there shade? So it's that design perspective. Then promotion. And promotion is about inviting people back into your district. And a lot of times I talk about your downtown being the living room of your city. So if you invite someone to your home and, you know, Midwest and Southern hospitality are both really, really strong. So maybe I should say kitchen, but that's where people gather. They're going to gather in your living room or your kitchen and you spruce it up. Those are going to look good. You may close your bedroom door (laughs) and not show the mess that's there, but you want people are going to judge your entire community on what that district looks like. And the other thing that's really cool is there's no other place like Summerton. There's no other collection of buildings that are just like Summerton. There is no people like the people who founded Summerton. That collection of what happens on the highway is generic. It's needed. So I'm not, I'm not a hater of highway stuff. But I could drive down Highway 22 in Alabama and take a picture along the way. And unless you saw a landmark, you wouldn't know where you were at. If I p- took pictures in Summerton, you're going to know where you're at. So it's that that feeling of place. So it's inviting people back, having events and activities to talk about 
You want to live, work, play, celebrate here. And then the last of the four points is economic vitality. And that's working with existing businesses first to help them be stronger. And then looking eventually at what can we do with, so if we have these big buildings, for instance, uh, you got a typical sized building in most downtowns, 25 feet, 100 feet deep, 2,500 square feet. That's fairly typical across the United States. Some are bigger, some are smaller, but just you know, as an example, right. there aren't very many retailers today that need 2,500 square feet. You really only need about 500. So what can we do in these buildings to use that pop-up style boutique or, uh, you know, I know of a really cool place in one of our communities that manufactures their popcorn manufacturer. I love me some popcorn. I could have some right now. Hey, I'm a uh, fat boy. I love any and all popcorn. <laughs> it's, it's good stuff. But it's all different flavors of popcorn. They send it all over the United States, but they sell it out of the first 500 square feet because they don't need they need 2,000 square feet to manufacture. So it's, it's thinking about the vitality and the you know, economics of your community. And the biggest thing I usually tell communities is the Main Street approach works 100% of the time if the community is willing to work it. If you're not willing to work it, there, there's nothing that's going to help you. But it's you never have to worry about us working it. We're going to work it every time. But if the community works it, and you know, just because you mentioned Summerton, I want to point out Jasper. Look what's happened in downtown Jasper in the last five years. They're Main Street City, and they are killing it because they're working it. They're doing some really great things I in Jasper, actually, Alabama. I was actually going to bring up Jasper and ask if your Main Street had anything to do with the explosion of downtown Jasper. Because in the last that, five or six years, like I said, I used to work at the Walker County Jail there. Mm-hmm. There wasn't nothing on Main Street for the longest, yep. and then all of a sudden, things just started popping up, and now it is the place to go on yeah. the weekends. Yeah, they have a great Main Street program, and when we and they applied, were part of the competition that year to come on. I'd have to look at my list. I think they came on in fifteen, as I recall. So, Mike Putman is their Main Street director. He's doing a fabulous job, but they have such a good public-private partnership there. And that's another thing that's important is if only, you know, three businesses care and the city doesn't care, that's a problem. If only the city cares and the merchants don't care, that's a problem. If the residents don't care, that's why that organizational piece, getting people singing out of the same songbook is so important. It's amazing what you can do when people are pulling in the same direction. And then we offer all the service though. Jasper, for instance, you see that flourish with us that that's their tagline and the four colors and the highly stylized jays uh, the three big services that we do the first three years uh, the first year we go in and we do a resource team and we do a lot of other stuff that first year but that's the big one and we go in and really help with the strategic plan for that district that's specific in organization promotion economic vitality and design and what they did in jasper is they followed the plan <laughs> I mean, you know, they followed their hard workers and they followed the plan. In year two, we come in and do a market analysis. And that's really to help those existing businesses understand how they can be stronger. And then look at, you may want to be, I mentioned earlier when we were talking offline, uh, I was a local Main Street director myself. I've been doing this for for 20 plus years. And I was a director, like city bigger than Jasper, about 10,000 more than Jasper for 10 years that went from a almost 50% of our buildings were empty 
by the time they, and they're still on the program, they're in their 30th year now, we only had about 5% vacancy. And it's because we worked hard that entire time and we worked the process. So we wanted, you know, when I first started, we had this dream of being, I have to use Alabama. We had this dream of being Fairhope because everybody likes Fairhope and Fairhope is lovely. Right. I like Fairhope too. Um, but Fairhope's successful because of where it's at, <laughs> you know, and, and, and they're doing some great things. So I don't want to take away from them, but Summerton isn't Fairhope and they're not going to be Fairhope. So you have to figure right. out what makes you unique. And that's what the market analysis did for me way back in the day is we were trying to recruit, you know, champagne and caviar. You know, we were trying to be Lawrence, Kansas, instead of Emporia, where I was from, which is Berenberger Blue Collar City. And that's okay. So once we figured out who we were from an identity perspective and started using those economic strategies, things started to happen. And then in year three, we come in and do the full full on branding. So we do a branding of the organization itself and we do a branding of the district. So those are, and then, but Main Street isn't meant to, you know, be a three, three year program and you're out. Main Street is a way to manage the changes in the district over time. And since we're talking about Jasper, Jasper's uh, come a long way, has done some amazing stuff, but now they're looking at things they never would have thought about five years ago. And it's managing, how do we take it to the next level and the next level and the next level? I knew when I was a local Main Street director and somebody came in and complained about parking, I went, yes, because nobody had complained. When you got 50% vacancy, you can park anywhere you want. And frankly, Terry, it was fun for about a week. And then it was like, okay, this isn't fun anymore. We have to figure out how we're going to manage the parking that we have. So our success had led us to that next level of how we're going to manage who we are moving forward. So it was so rewarding to even go back now and see the changes that have happened there. It's great. I went down to Jasper about a couple of weeks ago with my girlfriend. We went and ate at warehouse 319. Oh yeah. We went down to the Jasper Axe house and everything and just had mm-hmm. a nice oh, Xander was with us to his, her son and we had a nice night and that was one of the things that i noticed i was like used to we didn't have a, a problem parking in main street mm-hmm. jasper and we didn't have near as much stuff to do and I, it really makes me happy to know that my county seat is getting yeah. to that point i would also love to see other areas around mm-hmm get that same success as well and yeah that's that's basically how i stumbled upon you and your program oh, that's great yeah. well and what i what i tell people all the time when they talk about the parking issue is uh, and there's only been and i've been doing this a long time maybe three times in my career that somebody's really had a parking not enough parking right 98 percent of the time it's parking management it's you know merchants who never had to park off street before now having to, Oh, I got customers. I got to park somewhere else. I need to have my employees park somewhere else or not even putting signs up that says, did you know there's free parking all over the place, but I don't live here. So I don't know that. Um, So it's usually a parking management concern, but that is what Jasper has done has made it worth the walk. It's like, well, I couldn't park as close to 319 as I would have liked to, but there's all the school stuff along the way. So I don't mind. It's, It's worth the walk. Going back to the application and the interview mm-hmm. process, and you were talking about how strenuous it is. Can you elaborate on some of the details on what makes it more strenuous than other programs, maybe? Yes. Uh, 
I think there's a couple of different things to be said there. First of all, the application is helps you gather a baseline of where you're currently at. So it's 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 a lot of work, you know. But Jasper can look back at their application from I'm 90 percent sure it's 2015, and look and see where they're at from a vacancy perspective, how many storefronts they had. How, how much parking inventory they had. So you have to gather a lot of information, what their sales tax revenues were, all of that, to see how can we got, you got to know where you're at before you can move forward. So it is gathering a lot of information and finding out more about your city than you may have known before. I know almost everybody goes, oh, yeah, I found out some, some historical stuff I didn't know, or I found out this or whatever, but it helps you with that baseline. We have new city application workshops every year in, in January. So we're, we're way into the process this year. So in January, we have three. We go across the state. So we'll do north, central, and, and south uh, so that, you know, you can come to one that's closer to you or if that's the one that's closest to you isn't great. There's still other options. You have to attend the new city application workshop to make application. So once they attend the new city application workshop, they send us because sometimes cities will come and go, holy cow, that's a lot of work. It is. Yeah, it but is. it's worth it. It really <laughs> is. And sometimes they want to go, okay, I want to be in network for a couple of years and help build the capacity. And that's really what network is about, to help build that capacity. And I'll be honest with you, when I arrived here in, in 2013, one, one of my big goals was to have a tier for every city to belong to if they wanted to. Because I know not everybody can be designated. Not everybody has everybody has need, but not everybody has capacity. You know, we may have a little town that has, you know, all the heart in the world, but they just don't have the money to pay a director. That's fine. Roll with a network city and we'll figure out how we can help you where you're at. So a lot of times we'll have a whole bunch, usually 20, 25 cities will come to New City Application Workshop. And we'll have some flow right into network going, I need a little time to perk on this. But if they're serious, they send a letter of intent to apply, and then we send them the link to the application, and they have almost three months to complete the application. And those are due sometime in May. We have a selection committee who reads the applications, and they rank them. And then those who are applying come in and make an on-site presentation to the selection committee, and they rank them again. And usually from that, we kind of know where we're at. Uh, And then we announce June 1st. And when we announce June 1st, we're in the communities by the end of June doing something. So they have to be ready. How do you rank towns or the cities? We rank them on need and capacity. So like I said, every everybody has need. And there's very specific things. Um, you know, do you have zoning and coding and that kind of stuff? If the answer is no, that's fine. But we need to know where we're starting. So some communities have really no recognized or enforced those kinds of things that you know, okay, if I go in and I do something, what do I follow? Um, do you, and, you know, have you used any other sort of program or whatever to try to get your down? What have you done before? And, you know, whether it helped or failed, we need to know so that we don't, we never want to start somebody out, you know, if, if they're already to C, we're not taking them back to A. We want to know exactly where they're starting and help them beyond that. So it, it's, it's pretty intense. Uh, and then when they come in and do the on-site presentation, they get that opportunity to put some heart to the writing because it's an application. You I mean, you get some pictures and stuff to add to it. But if you 
you, you really don't get to feel the heart and soul and love for a community until those people come in and do their on-site presentation going, this is why we need you. And this is what we're going to do. Um, it's, it's always heartwarming. I love new city application day. By the way, that's not a woodpecker or anything in the background. That would be <laughs> my neighbor building a porch and everything. So if, if that's coming through folks, I apologize, but that's one of the luxuries of, recording on the back porch there you go now once a city or a town applies and you see where they're at Mm -hmm. and you can go a little bit forward is there any federal grant money available to help in any of these processes there there is some money especially with all the uh, arpa money the american recovery plan money there is some of that there depends on whether they have an opportunity zone uh, it depends on whether they're a historic designated district. So one of the things we will try to help with is how to, you know, what's the capital stack to get you? If you're trying to do uh, a property improvement, you know, is there a way to use the USDA REAP energy efficiency funds for energy efficiency stuff, windows and roof and that kind of stuff, coordinated with historic tax credits? And that's it can happen, but it is a bit of a, a rope to walk, but, but we've walked it. We know how to right. to help get that done. So we can certainly help. And then, of course, every every one of our uh, communities in Alabama falls within a regional planning commission district. Yours would fall in within the greater Birmingham one, um, but they have good, good resources there, too. And they do have some uh, loan funds through the regional councils of government, too. So there's... There's some so, money there. So there's definitely, there is money there. It might not be everything that you need, but there is a, there are funds there if you put in the work and are actually able to apply for those and write those grants and everything else. There is, but the thing to remember is t- two things. You have to have your own skin in the game. So if there's anybody out there who's listening to this, I, I wish I could tell you that crazy guy you see on TV late at night and the, suit with all the question marks on it that wants to it's he's full of baloney uh you're not going to get some sort of grant from anybody without putting some skin in the game so i just i'm i'm a pretty plain spoken person you got to have skin in the game the other thing you need to understand is that if you're getting other people's money you have to follow other people's rules and sometimes that's a concern people go well i don't want to do that well Okay, but then that stream of funding is not available to you. I mean, that's that's just that's just the way it is. So if you're willing to to do some of those things, and some people just don't, they would rather use private money and and work with their family and those types of things. In some cases, a city might have a little bit of money out there, but if a city is already suffering with a dilapidated downtown, my guess would be they don't have a lot of funding to provide for facade improvements and that kind of stuff. Those towns that may not have the money to do it. How are they raising the money to be able to do it? Again, I would encourage those communities to look at the network level because then you can help build capacity over a couple of years. Uh, It's pretty easy to go to anybody and say, I need, I need, I need. But if you don't have a plan behind it that says, and this is what I'm going to do to get us there, that capacity side is, is huge. So they can be funded through through the city somewhat, but you know if you're working with in a particular district and there's businesses who are receiving benefit from that, those businesses need to participate as well. So how are you going to you know is there a, a bank that would help you with uh, community reinvestment funds? Is there 
like I mentioned earlier, an opportunity zone. If you're blessed enough to be in a in a, in a region that has a community foundation or you know, North Alabama has TVA, there might be some money through that. It just, you know, we have to go city by city and really look at the resources that are available. You've mentioned it a couple of times, opportunity zone. Can you explain <laughs> what an opportunity zone is? That is a, a federal thing that came in a couple of years ago. Anybody who's listening and wants to look it up, because I'll, I'll butcher it, and I want to make sure that you look it up yourself, it's Opportunity Alabama or OPAL. Uh, it's money from people who have sell a property or have funds that they need to reinvest that they don't get overly taxed. It can be from other parts of the of the country, and they can invest that money in a zone with a hopeful return on investment. I believe it's five years. So it's an Opal is the group here in Alabama who works with opportunity zones. Not everybody in Alabama has an opportunity zone but a lot of them do. Um, so it is something to look at. That is um, kind of like USDA funds and some of the other funds that are out there. You're going to need help. But it's not something you're going to be doing without somebody who understands the intricacies of how to do this. Um, it's it's similar to what, uh, what would be an angel investor fund, where you would have somebody who has I'm going to use family because I come from a big family myself. You know, say my my grandmother sold the family farm and she's going, yes, I want to help you, but I'm not giving you my money. (laughs) How can I invest in you with a return on investment in a certain amount of time? This is from people you don't know. That's probably the easiest way to put it. Grandma will forgive a lot quicker than somebody who doesn't know you. So Mm -hmm. Uh, that's how legs get broke, but that's another, (laughs) that's another, did not say that for another day. That is not in on this podcast. No, it's not. No, I'm just making a joke. <laughs> okay, you you brought up Jasper and how fantastic it's doing, and you were talking about how it's preparing to go to the next level. What is the next level for Jasper? You know, there's a lot of things going on with um, you know upper story housing was one of the things we talked to them about. I know they have a couple of loft. Uh, build uh, loft apartments and buildings in the downtown area. They don't have a lot of vacancy anymore, but they do have a little bit of vacancy left. Uh, I know they're looking at some uh, improvements. I think they've done something to Town Creek a little bit outside of the downtown area, and they're working it through the downtown area. So there's there's always opportunity uh, if if you seek it. And uh, yeah, they're they're working on some other projects right there. That's about all I can. What is it that uh, he, he said, that's about all I can say about that right. at this time. There you go. That's right. <laughs> my little Forrest Gump, that's as good as I get. But uh. <laughs> <laughs> I know my voice sounds like a mixture of Forrest Gump and John Coffey from the Green Mile. So I, I could do some impersonations, but that's I'll, good stuff. I, I'll save you the trouble. <laughs> but right. you know, may in a future podcast, you may want to invite uh, Jasper Main Street on. They'll be able to, I don't like to steal anybody else's thunder, so you might want to you know, get them on there and see when they're ready to start announcing some of the things that they're, they're doing, but it's, it's, it's a moving and shaking organization. That's getting a lot of good things done there. I will do that. Thank you very much. Are there any other towns or cities around that are at Jasper's level or above that you would like to brag? Uh, about? This is where everybody wants me to pick my favorite child. Uh, I'm not you asking you to pick your favorite <laughs> child. I'm asking you to pick your favorite children. 
Oh, children. Meaning you're not, you're not naming just one. You're naming several. So I could name 28 other communities to keep me out of hot water. Absolutely. Um, Close to you, of course, we do have some neighborhood commercial districts in Birmingham that are doing some really interesting things. The historic Fourth Avenue business district is is going through some stuff. Of course, you have um, the World Games coming up in July in Birmingham. So it's going to be interesting to see how the whole city reacts to that. Uh, Central City is part of the Main Street program. Woodlawn is part of the Main Street program. I'm just naming ones that are close to your listening area. Um, Montevallo is that narrows it down. So be careful. Yeah, it does. It does a little bit. Uh, <laughs> Montevallo is doing some really wonderful things. Uh, they have one of the prettiest streetscapes in the state. They've done some wonderful things when it really looks at how you um, how you use a great a great streetscape to add to the level of, of what's happening in your community. Great one to go look at. Montevallo is a beautiful place. It really it's is. so pretty. Columbiana is also a main street community. Gosh, one of the prettiest courthouses again, yes. both of them, um, the is. historic one and, and the, the, I guess it's, it's County, I guess. Everything designed around that area is really well done as well. It is well done. Calera is one of the newer and we got three cities in Shelby County and Calera is going to be wildly different in three to five years downtown. Uh, they're pretty new to the program, but they're really doing some, some cool things. Um, you know, Gadsden is a great community to go look at when you look at Main Street and what they've done with their downtown. More North Alabama, you've got Athens and Florence and Decatur and oh, I'm going to get in trouble. Fort Payne and Scottsboro. Um, I'm sitting here thinking I need to pull up the map. Uh, and then, of course, you know, I'm going down to North, uh, South Alabama. So I'll be going around Monroeville, which is another really great city that's doing some some cool things. Enterprise and Elba. Um, I'm going to wind up in Atmore. But Foley is pretty new, too. So I think Foley, I got the mid- Foley has exploded over the last few mm-hmm. years. Yeah. It absolutely exploded. I don't know if it's just because people wanting to move that closer to Gulf Shores. Have they got a lot of industry going on down there? What's causing the explosion in Foley? Well, what I'm trying to remember how many cars they said when they made their application go through Foley, downtown Foley every year. It was a, a, a cre- crazy number. A like ridiculous six, number, I'm sure. Like a million or two or six or something. I, I'm trying to remember the exact number. Um I mean, it's, it's snowbirds. It's people want to go to Gulf Shores and, you know, you go down to the Gulf and I'm, you know, I got married down there a couple of years ago. I love it. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. But Foley feels like, you know, that's uh, in that area. Foley is the one that's got an authentic downtown with some authentic things going on. They got some cool built out stuff too. Mm -hmm. Um, Foley's they're doing some really neat stuff too. It's a pretty town. Great history. If there happens to be any city or town officials that are that may or may not be hearing this, mm-hmm. they are sitting here thinking, my town's great too, but we need some help. How can they reach out to you and your team to possibly start this application process and move forward? Wonderful. The easiest thing to do is to go to our website, MainStreetAlabama.org. There's a video on there that talks about the four points. It really talks about how it helps in each of the each of the communities. But you know, reach out to me. I mean, it's Mary at MainStreetAlabama.org. Pretty easy to get a hold of me. My phone number is 205-910-8819. I take phone calls. That's the cell phone I take with me everywhere I go. So, you know, that's the best way to get started is to just reach out to us. 
And, you know, like I mentioned earlier, the network level is a great place to start. And you can start in that level at any time. Uh, so you don't have to wait, you know, to be designated and get the, the three big services that I talked about. That's designation. You have to wait a year because we're already in process right now. So we won't have new city application workshops again until January. So if you want to get involved right now, call us and you can get involved in the network tomorrow if you want. Maybe it's just me being positive, but if they have to wait a year, that means they've got that much time to get their ducks in a row. It's true. That's why That's why I'm, I'm really talking about the network piece so that they have us to help them prepare because we're not on the selection committee. Um, so somebody else decides where I spend the next couple of years of my life because we're on the road a lot when we have new cities. But we fall in love with every single city. So for me, it, it I can't, I, that's like choosing my own child. So that's why we, but it helps that we can help anybody who wants help because the more prepared you are, the better it is for us walking in. Mary, I appreciate your time. I appreciate your organization as well. You have a spot on my porch anytime you want to come back. Now. Yay. Well, if we ever get to Summerton, I expect to actually see the porch. So I can make that happen. <laughs> <laughs> Big thanks to Mary Helmer Worth for coming on the porch to talk about Main Street, Alabama. If your city or town needs help, get your elected officials to contact Mary at mary at mainstreetalabama.org. If you are new to the show and like what you hear, hit that like, subscribe, or follow button and download the episodes in our archives. If this show has been a positive addition to your life, please rate the show and leave a review. Won't take you but a minute and it really would help the show. Find us on social media by typing Porch Matters Podcast into the search bar. Word of mouth is still the best way of sharing. Pick your favorite episode and share it with at least one person this week. There are a lot of people out there that have never heard of a podcast before. I sure would appreciate it, and I'll see you next time right here on Porch Matters.